This podcast is recorded using Adobe Audition and is distributed to supporting podcast applications via Anchor. If you'd like to support us, be sure to check out our Instagram page at Jake and Mel Podcast or submit feedback to us at our email, jakeandmelpodcast at gmail.com. phone not unlocking i need to pull up the pull up the shite pull up the shite let's make sure to include this entire part oh absolutely where, where, why would you not neither, at least i haven't fucking realized that we've started because you never <laughs> that's say the anything. best way to start a podcast <laughs> you is never to not realize anything. I'm like wait are we that we're starting <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way it's the only way you should, you should, um, there should be like a light on the wall you just flip the light like ding. we're on air I'll do that. Uh, what is it? The slow countdown. Where it's like three, two, and then you're just like silent, but you're still counting with your fingers. Or you could just let me sit here in silence. <laughs> just like wait, wait. Should we start? We'll do three minutes of silence at the beginning of each podcast, and then Jake's like, "Oh, well, hey." You just hear Mel typing on his computer, doing memo shit, and then I'm over here like, "Wait, like, we good?" <laughs> All right, well... Uh, Welcome to episode seven. Yep, episode seven. We made it this far. So, uh, this far's. This far's. Um, We've made it this far's. And I'm already stuttering. That's okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, we got some fun topics today. One of them was a question that I had thought up um, before the podcast started, and Mel and I actually discussed it a while back, but I th- thought it would be fun. And then I had a conversation with a listener a day or two ago, and I thought these two fit perfectly, for, ah, Jesus, perfectly together. Um, it was a long day at work, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into that, Goofy's but starting off, long day um, at work. I guess actually starting off, you know what I mean? Um, you know, something that I want to talk about. We finished Wanda, so this week in particular, so this yes. episode will come out Friday, Thursday, we are getting the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And then Friday, we are getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, obviously, I don't, we don't have too much to say that we haven't covered about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I watched the Justice League movie when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. Um, did we? Did I see that with you? I don't know. Did we? I don't know. I, dude, I have no idea. I don't even remember when it came out, to be honest. I, I, remember, we um, went, I remember I went with a group of people... I think I went with Zelda. It was forgettable. Yeah. Um, yeah, to say the least. What are we hoping to get out of the Snyder Cut? Because you had your own opinion. So before we even get into that, um, I want to say that uh, 
workhorse we're going to be putting this episode out on Friday, which means that all the stuff that we are talking about right now is in future tense will be past tense by the time you guys uh, uh, listen to this episode. Days of um, future past tense. With the, Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, we have the title. We have the title of the podcast right there. Um, but <laughs> no, with that in mind, definitely give us some feedback if you think that we should publish this on a, a different day. The only reason, I mean, I like Fridays. I like publishing on Fridays, but uh, the only reason I bring that up is because a lot of these shows are coming out on Thursdays and Fridays going into the weekend. And so a lot of times these episodes are lagging behind by a week in terms of our reaction. So if you guys want a quicker reaction time, definitely let us know and we'll look at putting the podcast out on a different day of the week. Um, Otherwise, we'll keep doing it with Friday. Saturday drops or something like that because most stuff comes out. Yeah, we can do Saturday drops. Thir- we can do a Monday after yep. drop. Um, because most stuff seems to come out Thursday or Friday. Um, you know, and we'll just go from there. That that way it's not a week behind. Actually, that that's a good idea. I do like that idea. Um, so please, I might even do a poll. What do people want? You know, when do you want to hear it? Um, we were also playing around with the idea of... Do you want a weekly 45-minute episode or a bi-weekly, like, longer episode? Um, I've already asked some people. I've already gotten some answers, um, but yep. yeah, feel free. I mean, I'll, again, that can be another thing that I um, run as a poll. But, well, I guess back to uh, Snyder Cut. I mean, yeah, we've so just seen... Uh... Well, just yeah, make sure that you uh, make sure that you guys send that to us. That's uh, once again for anybody that's a new listener. That's going to be jacobmailpodcast at gmail or you can send us a message via Instagram at jacobmailpodcast on Instagram. Also, um, since I'm the one that runs the social media, um, if you ever want to talk shit about Mel, feel free. <laughs> um, I would gladly join in. Yes, um, we'll feature it on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So this, this so the Snyder Cut. Um, well, the reviews have been mixed thus far uh, via the critics. Most critics agree that it's much better than the Josh Whedon version. Uh, however, some outlets have said that's not enough to save it. And that's, that's a low bar. That's pretty much what I expected. I mean, I, I think that's what everyone expected, right? Um, because look, the reality is, is that the DC movies have been lackluster for quite some time now. And the last really big last lackluster movie before Justice League was Batman versus Superman. That was fully Zack Schneider. People didn't like it. I mean, it was okay. There, there were some moments, there were some parts, but overall it was a mess. That doesn't just magically change because we have Zack Schneider back. That was Zack Schneider's project. Now I will say I'm not slowly becoming not a big fan of Josh Whedon. Um, Just the way he handles things, uh, the way he kind of like pushes everyone aside in the name of his vision. I, I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like how he does that. And from what I've seen from just the trailers and some of the stories that have come out, the amount of change that he made to this movie, which again was an already finished movie. It was already complete. I don't know if I said it on a previous podcast or not, but this was already a complete movie. There were like minor edits that needed to be done. And Zach passed it off to Josh Whedon and Josh Whedon went back and redid the whole fucking movie. Right. So it's criminal. It's criminal. The changes that were made. Uh, and it's so, so, you know, I have no doubt that it's going to be better from that point of view. 
but it was still already a mess because the DC universe is a mess in terms of the movies. Yeah. They're they're they've they've pushed too quickly and too rapidly to get to the same place that Marvel spent over a decade doing and it shows. Oh yeah. And so that's that's just the reality. I, am I looking forward to watching the Snyder cut? Sure. I have HBO Max. It's something that's going to be arriving on HBO HBO Max for free. I'll check it out. I'll watch the movie. I'm sure I'll be entertained, but I'm not expecting some groundbreaking end all movie like some of the folks out there, some of the some of the super fans are expecting. It's just not going to happen. No, I don't think so either. Um I think basically what they need to do is sit down, whoever's in charge, sit down at a blank table and be like, hey, looking at this from the outside, what did the Batman trilogy get right, right? And then, you know, what made those work so well, you know what I mean? And not start from scratch, but they can't keep up with the same framework that they're using because the first Wonder Woman, most people seem to like it. Second one, absolute hot garbage. Like, there was... Every single YouTube channel, like, had, you know, all of the different plot holes listed. Um, just the bad acting, like, the just everything lackluster about it, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, hopefully, if this is halfway decent and people are like, yeah, you know what I mean? We would have, I mean, obviously, I think we're, we would have preferred this cut to the Josh Whedon cut. Um, you know, um then again, weren't the, weren't those two also involved in uh, Star Wars? Um, um, I don't think that Zack Snyder was. I'm not no, sure it wasn't. about. It was uh, Josh, I'm not sure about Josh Whedon. I don't believe that Josh Whedon has been pulled onto any Star Wars projects I'm yet. To, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, they. Um, I'm getting my directors messed up again. Um, all I know is that if anybody in Hollywood wants to know who's doing what right, they need to sit in on John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And, you know, he doesn't have to be sci-fi or anything, but like, what are you guys getting right? What are you, you know, the, the creativity, you know, and part of it, honestly, is fan service. You know, people want to see the Dude, characters. Extent, yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to see things that are new and fresh and they're not just rehashed. Um, it's got to be done right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there that don't like uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau oh, for, for whatever sure. reason. But I mean, look, they have a winning formula. Whether you like them or not, whether you enjoy the Marvel movies or not, success shows. I mean, they have a winning formula. It's been doing well. And it's asinine to me that whoever is running the works over at Disney can't mimic that for some of their other projects that aren't Marvel. Um, It's asinine to me that a, that a, a company, an opposing company would look at that success. And instead of saying, how do we mirror that? They just go in a completely different direction. That is almost the opposite of, of what's being done, expecting that they're going to have better results. And that just, I mean, that's, that's the way I look at Warner brothers. Warner brothers is making a lot of interesting decisions. Um, And me as a fan, I'm not sure if I'm uh, on board with those. Uh, you know, one of, one of the biggest ones is pushing Henry Cavill out. Now, a lot of this stuff is uh, circumstantial. A lot of it is tabloid uh, rumor. He should he said she said kind of thing. But um, there's been a pretty notable silence from Cavill and the rest of the uh, cast 
in regards to the Snyder release and uh, just anything DC in general. Uh, there'll be some posts here and there, but for the most part, it's been it's been pretty quiet. And I mean, understandably, because there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that is just probably not the greatest. You know, you've got the whole uh, Amber Heard thing. You've got uh, all of the movies just not being that great. You've got the Zack Schneider cut coming out, which a lot of people have also like on the opposite side of the fence. The people that weren't looking forward to this are saying, hey, that's a slap in the face of Josh Whedon, who, you know, put all the effort into making the last one the way it was. Um, you know, you've, you've got you've got a lot going on. Right. You've got you've got the supposed Flash movie coming up that's going to rewrite the entire thing and just scrap everything that we've currently seen. Um, you know, it's 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 too much drama. It's you know what too I think they need? Drama. I think they need a soft reboot. You know, if they want to keep some of the same. Well, that's people, what the Flash movie is going to be. Yeah. <sighs> it's going to be a soft reboot because they're going to do the Flashpoint and they're going to cut like come up with a new timeline and yada, yada, yada. And we also need to come I'm sure it's just going to be just as writers. disappointing as everything else. <laughs> the soft reboot needs to include writers and I agree. You know what I mean? It Cause you know, there've been Marvel movies. Like they've come up with ones that just weren't as good as some of the others. Right. But I'm still going to go see it. Right. Obviously now theaters aren't fully open, but we're still going to watch it, you know, for sure. You know, whether we rent it, or, you know, when the movies are open, yeah, I want to, you know, we want to go see it. I do want to see um, Black Widow, whenever the hell that's coming out. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And I'm excited for Phase 4, you know, Guardians 3, um, Doctor Strange, you know what I mean? And then there's the uh, the What If movie. Um, there's a lot of cool Is that going to be a movie or a show? I think it's a show. I'm excited for that simply because we're going to see the zombie storyline the zombie avengers storyline that's which true. is going to be dope um, um yeah. i just i don't know man what warner brothers they need to get their shit together like their their animation stuff on fucking point like i again i have hbo max and i just watched uh superman red sun today finally got around to watching that yeah. that is a alternate reality version of superman where he mm-hmm. lands in the soviet union instead of in america and so he ends up becoming the um, what? What is the? T- he he ends up be leading the Soviet Union through the uh, era of the Cold War, and there's all this cool stuff, and it's like a it's a cool twist. It's a weird, almost scary twist on a bunch of different characters. Um, you know, you've got a Russian Batman, you've got um, Lex Luthor being the president of America, you've yeah. got um, uh, Lois Lane being his wife. Um, you have a different take on Wonder Woman. Um, it, it was very well done. It was it was it was simple. It was a simple story, but it still like was a good mashup of all the stuff that we typically like. I, I mean, I don't know. The the shows are good. Like the other shows that I've been watching, like Harley Harley the Harley Quinn show was amazing. Mm-hmm. The animated series was amazing. Oh yeah, I they, mean they they have a winning formula yeah. for their animation. The content but they is can't there get there for their live action. It's disappointing. Yeah. The content is there. And here's the thing, right? Is I think, um, Marvel is taking heavy plot points and stuff from the comics. Obviously, why wouldn't you? Those are the, you know, Marvel has some phenomenal, um, comic lines, obviously. 
I'm not a huge comic guy myself, but every time somebody brings them up, you know, I do occasionally go down the rabbit hole of Comic Books Explained, which is a really good channel I like watching. Um, you know what I mean? And then they change it a little bit and make it their own for the MCU so that you just can't go out and read the comic and be like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen, right? So they keep it fresh enough, right? And it's like, why can't DC just be like, hey, this is a really good line. We're going to go with this. I understand that they wanted to do the whole founding of the Avengers and everything, but they just didn't get it, you know what I mean? And I understand it's hard to have that many heroes on scene, like uh, protagonists on screen at one time. Marvel seems to get that right too. I mean, they nerfed a lot of um, characters to do that, but they still somehow get it right. Yeah. That's like, the cool it, thing about Marvel is, yeah, yeah notably because- they've nerfed some characters, Thanos being a really good example, and yet they still have such a presence on screen, even when it's a, even if it's a small presence. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's done so well. Yeah. And the only thing we can say more about um, DC is that, you know, hopefully they get the writers that it deserves and then they get the, you know, the directors and the producers and everybody's on point and eventually they can return. Because if they can return to the movies that were the same quality as the Batman trilogy, you know, they would yeah, that'd like, be awesome. But with like, you know, various members of the Justice League, it'd be phenomenal. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the I think that I think the DC fans and the D, the the DC community, DC fans, they they deserve better. Uh, and hopefully, Warner Brothers can stop looking at it as a means of purely making money off a of fan base and actually uh, show a little respect to the the comics that came before it. But it is what it is. Um, in you know we, we could talk about we could talk all day about this. oh yeah for sure uh, and for and sure. certainly we'll have more to say once uh, the Snyder Cut comes out this Thursday and we watch it um, as well as uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier when that comes out on Friday um, but moving on to our next topic we wanted to then jump back to video games yep and um, so uh, Jake why don't you take it away so I know previously um, for those of you that have listened I'm not a huge multiplayer fan. Um, but occasionally I do pick up a multiplayer game specifically because my best friend lives like eight or nine hours away. And that's basically the only way we can actually hang out um, other than him texting or calling me, which is kind of lame. Um, so I have been playing Remnant from the Ashes with him. It's pretty good. You definitely, you know, you you definitely want to play with multiple people. It's way better with, you know, there's not a huge kind of storyline. There's something there, you know what I mean? But it's more you know, you kind of finding your way through the environment, fighting a couple of bosses, moving on. Um, But one of the things I am looking for is in the interim periods um, when I do actually get to play video games, um, you know, because we're up very early to get into the gym. You know, I go to work. Matt or Mel immediately starts working after that. You know, so I don't have as much time, but when I do, I am looking for another game to play that I can just pick up and put down. Um... I was thinking of either replaying The Witcher 3, which is one of my favorite games of all time, um, or um, I've played Bloodborne, but I have not played the rest of the From Software games. I want to say they just remastered Demon Souls. Um, I know Dark Souls 3 is 
I think I can still get that on PS4. Um, and I was thinking of playing, you know, and then of course Sekiro and stuff. So I was trying to figure out what game I wanted to play. And if any of the listeners have any ideas, feel free to shoot us a message on Instagram. Um, but Mel, what do you think? What do you, you know, what, because I mean, I think you're more well read in on what I've played versus what I haven't played. So the um, the Revenant game that you're playing currently, mm-hmm. I'm interested in that. Uh, I've seen that's, that it's part of uh, Xbox Game Pass. So I've been thinking about giving it a, a, a chance, giving it a try. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't have anybody to play it with. And it seems very heavily rooted in the multiplayer aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, despite the fact that you said you normally play single player games. Um, but, you know, games I've play, been playing right now. I mean, you're limited because you're on the, the PlayStation, right? Yeah. And I, I think that you've worked your way through a lot of the um, story-driven mm-hmm. PlayStation games. I mean, what was the one that you just finished? It was uh, Days Gone, right? Yeah, Days Gone. So I still need to finish that, actually. Um, okay, so you're still working on yep, that one. Yep, still working on that one. Um, obviously, loved God of War, So, but I would need, hopefully, whenever God of War 5 comes out. The only, the only game PS5. that I haven't... The only game I haven't played on PlayStation... Um, that I'm not sure if you've played is uh, what is it? Detroit being human. I haven't played that. So apparently that's a fantastic game that I feel kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Um, it actually reminds me a lot of heavy rain in terms of um, the style, but also the fact that it flew under the radar because heavy rain was another game that is, you know, very well received and yet you almost hear nothing about it. Actually, um, yeah. so that's a game that I've been wanting to play is, uh, Detroit. Um, I just haven't gotten around to doing Actually, it. So. Uh, so there was, it's a game series. Um, what was the game with the, uh, where you like the group of, um, I don't know if they're teenagers, but the, uh, we, with the Wendy goes. Oh, until dawn. Yes. I, I should play that one. <laughs> yeah. There's that whole, uh, there's a whole trilogy now. Yeah. So there's, uh, the other one Man is Medina. The, yep. Um, and there's a third one. That Which came is, out, and it was about witches, and I don't remember what it's called. The Man of Medina one is actually about the Orang, I think it's Madonna or Medina. That's actually a creepy story, too. Um, and I've seen people, I've seen gameplay from that game. Um, that actually, so that might be pretty good, too, to play, too. So anybody who doesn't know that story, um, there was a ship that sent a Mayday, and the guy that was sending the Mayday from the ship kind of gave the rough coordinates and then he kind of mumbled out and like kind of fizzled out or like he was fading. So they go up to, they find the ship while there's another vessel finds the ship, go up on deck and everybody's dead on the ship. But what made it creepy is there was no sign of trauma. There was no blood. There was no bruising. And everybody looked, everybody had this like look of fear on their face. You know what I mean? Like absolute fear, like almost like they'd all died of heart attacks from just whatever they saw was too horrible to comprehend. And then they went and they they found the guy who had sent the mess. And I think all of the bodies had started to decompose, which was kind of strange. And then the one dude who had sent the uh, SOS was still in the, uh, the cabin, not the cabin, but the, you know, behind the wheel up near the uh, comms area. Yeah. And he just slumped over dead on the comms equipment. And then as they're on the ship, somehow I think it caught on fire. And they all had to like basically jump off and it caught on fire and sank almost immediately. And it was like in a matter of minutes, that whole like engagement. And then they don't know what the hell happened. I think there's a movie called Ghost Ship that's like a rendition of that story. 
an embellished version of that story. But um, yeah, those are those are some good games. Uh, my girlfriend has uh, the uh, Until Dawn, and she played. I I don't know if she beat it or not, but she played a little bit of it, and I watched it, and it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. It's, yeah, it's, it's so like it's got like the really. Um, I saw that you have to have like the real split second timing on stuff. Yeah, because the the Wendigos are. I think they're blind, but they can hear really well in the game. So if you make the wrong sound or something like that, they you can't run away. Basically, they're yeah, and that's that's actually rooted in real Wendigo lore. That like if they like yeah, the game does a good job. If you um, oh no, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just saying that the game does a really good job of the of capturing the the lore, the Native American lore, the true oh, lore. Yeah, because that's the thing is I um I've listened to now because I mean I watch this stuff pretty much every night before I go to sleep. Um, interestingly enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so you can imagine what my dreams are like um <laughs> uh, yeah the, i was most recently listening to something they were talking about it it was um and they said that they one of the things that whenever you know they would see or encounter something in the woods or you know on the reservation or you know wherever they are they said one of the things that they wanted to find out quickly is is this a skinwalker or is this a wendigo because if apparently they believe if it's a skinwalker, you can get away and you can actually harm the creature. But if it's a Wendigo, you're fucked. Yeah, you better like you're basically fucked. You have you have to be locked inside of a building, or if you're you know if you can get away in your car, even though they're supposed to be like lightning fast and all this stuff. But yeah, which makes for um, there's supposed to be a Wendigo um, movie called Antlers, but it hasn't come out. It, like we saw. Oh my god, dude! We saw I've been. The, uh, that's been literally the the most excited I've been for any movie that's supposed to have come out in 2020 was for that movie. It's a the, Guillermo del Toro movie, and it looked fucking amazing. And it got postponed like yeah. a lot of movies. But then there's just been no news on when it's actually going to drop. Not a single thing, because like I think we saw the trailer for it in 2019. Yeah. Right. Also. Going off of that, so in video games and in movies and stuff, you always see Wendigos, and they have like antlers. They don't actually have antlers. That's not that. That was entirely fabricated by a, a guy who made a movie on Wendigos, but had never seen one. He even admitted he didn't do any research. And then now that's just what everybody thinks they. Like. Yeah, he got like a brief synopsis of one, and then he's like, "All right, let's throw it in the movie." So, <laughs> um, so the actual, I guess, um. Yeah, speaking, since we've been on the topic of video games. Yep. Um, so this was a question that was posed. Um, what is a video game that you really enjoyed or a series that you feel was underrated, review bombed, overlooked, or it just never had its time in the sun? You know what I mean? I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I've got two. Okay. All right. So I, originally I had one going in, but I've got two. So the first one is always going to be Alien Isolation. Now, anybody that's kind of newer to that game, right, is going to be like, what are you talking about? Everybody loves Alien Isolation. That wasn't the case when it first came out. When it first came out, it got review bombed into oblivion. It, it was awful. It had like a maximum of a three out of five on, mo on some reviews. Uh, most reviews were like a two. I mean, it just got obliterated. And, you know, I, I, I read several of the reviews after having watched a decent amount of footage, gameplay footage, and already deciding for myself, that looks like an amazing game. That looks like a true alien horror game. And I played it and I loved it. And I kind of like, it was one of the, 
rare moments where I played a game before I kind of went back and looked at the reviews because I bought it day one. Uh, it's been a while since I've bought a game like the day it releases, but that was one of them. Um, I played it. I loved it. It was crazy. Um, some of my early, early YouTube videos incorporated Alien Isolation. Uh, it was an amazing game. It's a lot of fun. Um, everybody hated it. Everybody, all the critics hated it. N- not players. Player base loved it. Critics absolutely despised it. And I couldn't understand at first why it was. And as I was reading these articles, I decided to go look at the writers and what they were proficient in, in terms of gaming, because a lot of times you'll get companies like IGN and uh, GameSpot and stuff like that. They, they have like different core groups of gamers that like specialize in areas like, oh, I'm a platformer. Oh, I'm a FPS guy. They had a lot of people that even in their article mm-hmm. professed that they weren't horror game players reviewing the game. So you have a whole lot of not horror game players reviewing a horror game. And then in some cases, they and in some cases, they weren't even alien fans. Like barely. Like they had they had maybe watched one of the movies or they knew of Alien, but they were just like, whatever. Um, and so, you know, you had all these people that basically had no idea about the content that they were getting into and they played it and they're like, well, I don't like it. Well, of course you don't like it. It's not your style. It's not your, it's not, it's not the type of game that you gravitate to. And it's not the kind of story that you're familiar with. So of course you didn't like it. Um, there were a lot of complaints about the AI and I'll tell you that that game has one of the best AI in recent games. And that game is from like three years ago now, something ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was Everybody was, uh, there were actually, you know, in terms of, um, the negativity, there were also several like tech articles that came out to talk about the, the mechanics surrounding the AI of the alien and how it was mimicking true AI, which of course is false. Like it was, it like, it wasn't anywhere close to the idea of true AI, but everybody was equating it to that because of the way they had created the mechanics. Essentially they strung together multiple mechanics that allowed to, the alien to successfully hunt you in a non-linear pattern, which meant that you couldn't memorize any of the movements of the alien in a map. Every time you died, something new was bound to happen. And if you stayed in one place for too long, you would get found. And it was cool because it felt like you're, you were actually trying to hide from a real creature yeah. that's hunting you. You, you got that afraid. feeling. Um, and it's just something that I haven't seen replicated in the recent horror games that I've played. Now, I have missed out on a few um, good ones, but I just haven't seen anything that's been on that par. And when it came out, everybody despised it. And I and I, you know, I was like, that that doesn't make sense to me. I will always defend that game. The other game is uh, Last of Us 2. I think that Last of Us 2 was an amazing game. It had a very well-written story. It had wonderful mechanics that improved upon the previous game, and it was all around a solid project. And there are so many people who hate it. They call it boring. They say it ruined the uh, the characters. You know, they say it didn't it didn't follow well off the first one. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of reasons why people like dislike the game. Um, and, and the reality is it has a lot to do with the, uh, the politics, which we won't get into regarding that game and and the, the leaks, which ended up being a lot of them fake. 
they came out prior to the uh, the game's release. Um, unfortunately, it was met with bad press before it released, but when it released, it functioned well. It felt amazing. Me- like, mechanically, it was so much better than the first one. I, I, you know, you cannot sit here and tell me that it's not a better game mechanically than the first one. And the story made sense. The story was actually very powerful. Uh, it wasn't the same style story as the first one. It was much bleaker, but uh, it presented a lot of interesting characters and it made you um, think about the situation in a different limelight. Like there were actual moments where I like set the controller down and was like, fuck. And, and I'll be the first one to admit or I'll be the first one to criticize when a game tries to bring too much of the real world bullshit in right and i i didn't feel like this game did it i think it got a lot of hate that it didn't deserve and i will stand by that game no matter what anybody says so those are my two games i talked a lot there (laughs) hey no those are valid points and actually that's one of the things too that um you see that a lot like honestly where before something comes out you know you expect some of these bigger name review companies and stuff and across all um you know, not, I don't want to say genres, but industries, right? Um, heck, it happens in fitness. It happens in sports, yeah. right? All this stuff, and they say like, oh, this was this is terrible. You know what I mean? And then you're like, then you look at the person who wrote the article, and they don't have anything to do. They don't, they're not somebody who's knowledgeable on the subject. The same thing last week, or with Lord of the Rings, where I read the article, and the person's like, this is disappointing. This doesn't tell us anything. And it's like, well, it doesn't tell you anything because you're not a Lord of the Rings fan. Maybe you watch the movies, but you know what I mean? Same thing. Um, so my pick is actually the entire Metro series. So Metro 2033 came out. I don't even remember hearing anything about it. Um, and then eventually, I think I went into a GameStop or something, and I saw it, and I looked at the cover, and I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. And either one of the guys in the store or a friend that I was with was like, oh, if you haven't played that, you have to play it, right? So brought it back. Absolutely loved it. So 2033, you know, it was the first one was kind of more of a stealth kind of game. But after they remastered it, they changed all the FPS controls So it matched, you know, a modern FPS. So you could you didn't have to be stealthy if you didn't want to. Um, mainly because it was it was a little clunkier. Reminds you know me I mean? of uh, of the stalker type. PC oh, yeah. Games, it, well, initially first one in the first one. Um, anytime you if you wanted to use a knife or a grenade or anything, you had to go to the, the weapons wheel. Like you had to open it up. So that way, like you'd have like, if you're trying to knife somebody and they turned around and you couldn't switch to your gun because you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but and then, you know, but there was zero announcement for that. I feel like zero fanfare. It would already been out for a little bit before I played it. And I was like, then I saw that Last Light was coming out. Right. A little bit more, you know, because it had received some recognition, but still not, you know, not a lot of recognition. You know what I mean? Um, not a lot of advertisement for it. Right, and then it got great reviews, but still, um, not a ton of people played it. And then um, tw- uh, the last one, Metro Exodus, came out considerably more, um, you know, spotlight. But the amount of people that I've talked to that have, I asked them, and they're like, "No, nah, I never played them." Like most people that I've talked to, are like, "Yeah, I never, I never played them." I'm actually one of those people. I'm, I'm yeah. working my way oh. through the trilogy right now. I know it's like it's on the way back burner, but I am I am playing them. I'm still in the first one. Um, yeah, it's like it was like it's story driven. You know, it does have the horror elements. 
you know, it's got a lot of great stuff, right? And it's another, um, yeah, very similar to Stalker because it's set in Russia. Um, I just got really loud there for no reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that that would absolutely be my pick. If you have not played that series, start from the beginning because it is a story that's, you know, a linear story that you should follow. Yeah. Um, it makes sense because that way the characters make sense, right? Do it's you, more impactful if somebody dies and so on and so forth. Do you think that the reason why the first two games maybe didn't get – because I, I remember that too. I remember seeing um, like the trailers and stuff for these games yep. and thinking, wow, those look pretty fucking cool. Um, and then there just wasn't much of like a presence past that. Like there weren't yeah. – um, there weren't a, a ton of fans discussing it. There weren't a lot of reviews. There weren't a lot of YouTube channels that were covering it. And it might just be that nowadays there's so many YouTube uh, YouTube channels covering so much stuff that, you know, it's just hard to equate to yeah. back then. But I mean, you know, I yeah, I, I distinctly remember there not being a huge coverage of those games, at least the first two. And I wonder if it's maybe because when those games came out, we were kind of at the height of the console wars, right? Yeah. And those came out first as PC games. It really wasn't until the third one. True. When it came out as a console game as well as PC. Oh, yeah, because, so I, um, I think that that's like, I think you could make the same argument for the Witcher franchise. I mean, the first two games are great, but no one ever talks about them. That's true. Because it's for the PC community. They yep. were on the PC first. And then you talk about the third one. Everybody loves the third one, oh, but yeah. everybody got to play it because it was on console. You know what's the thing, too, is I kind of feel like the 360 um, PS3 era almost kind of feels like the golden era of consoles. You know, for some reason. Maybe it's just because it's more nostalgic to me because that was like high school into yeah, I me getting in the military. for us. Yeah, that's probably what it's got to be because, I mean, I imagine um, there are kids nowadays who, you know, they're going to be the one of their first consoles is going to be the PS5, right? Which right. Is strange to think of, but um, I don't know. It's just a feel different feel back then. I mean, our, our, honestly, yeah. the consoles now are so much more powerful, obviously, because of the increases in technology, and they do so much more. I mean, the Xbox is a damn media box. Oh right? yeah, like it's, I, it's not just gaming, um, but you know, I I don't know. I, I there a lot of people would tell you, well, no, the golden age of consoles was back in like uh, what the the eighties, nineties. Yeah, well, uh, when they had like literally whole, uh, hundreds of different consoles out there on the market. There was that uh, documentary we watched. Oh um, yeah, the yeah uh, the really it was Netflix, right? Uh, yeah, I forgot the name of it. There's a so I'm spacing on the name, but on Netflix there is a documentary about retro gaming um, and yep. different like important uh, events over the course of gaming history, and it is. Very, very, very well done. I highly recommend if you're just if you're a gaming nerd, if you're a nerd in general, um, if you want to know more about some of your favorite consoles, definitely check that out. Um, and not just consoles, like yeah, games well, it's, and it's, stuff like that. It's just a cool documentary. Like I think even if I mean, there's gonna be you know it'll be more impactful to people that are gamers, right? And it's I mean if you know I'm pretty sure that most of the people that are probably gonna listen to this podcast are probably gamers or you know or be at least interested in the history of some of that, because I mean, everybody's right. played video games at some point. Yeah. Right. Um, you want to move to uh topic two? Yes, I would. It's kind of a decent segue with our discussion of, um, uh, uh, last light. No, actually, Not it's last uh, light, but Metro. Yeah. That, and, 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 and I guess in some ways, I mean, um, uh, last of us as well. Uh, so true. true, true, true. When I was formulating the initial questions for like, the first couple episodes, I made a huge list, and one of my questions um, 
was on here for a topic. And then Mel and I actually kind of expanded upon it just randomly on our own one day talking because I think we were there watching something and it got us talking about it. Um, cause I mean, if those of you haven't figured out, um, now I watch a billion YouTube channels. Um, <laughs> and you know, I mean, I do a lot of other stuff, but I like having that stuff on the background. You know what I mean? Just, um, sometimes I'll have it at work. Sometimes I go when I'm cooking, you know, dinner at home or I'm getting ready to fall asleep. I mean, I do watch TV shows and whatnot, but if I'm just not super invested, but kind of want to throw something on, put YouTube on, right? Yeah. And then also, we also had a listener who wanted, who had a question that actually really expands upon this. So the question was, right, um, we are in some way, shape, or form, have some sort of infection, zombie apocalypse, right? Somewhere where, whether you, it's a contained location, kind of like, um, we'll say like Raccoon City in um, Resident Evil, or it's a widespread thing. Um, you know, but we'll look at this, the question to try to pose this in the light of the other listener. Um, you are tasked with entering a zone that is infected, right? Now, whether we ride in on vehicles, you get dropped in a helicopter, like, let's say, you know, we have to retrieve something because, you know, every movie and stuff, they're like, oh, you have to go to the Umbrella um, base or the CDC site or the level four, you know, viral lab, right? You know, who do you, you know, who do you bring with you? What's the equipment you bring? What do you do to prepare yourself? What are the, the traits and things that you're looking for in your team members that are going to make sure that you don't just become casualties, right? Um, because if you look at, say, you know, the Resident Evil games, sometimes they have teams, but usually the team gets wiped out, you know what I mean? Even though they are professionals, they are the experts, they are the elite you know what I mean? Um, so I guess the question, kind of my own question, you know, was more focused on the gear and the weapons and all that stuff because I love that stuff. I've always loved that <laughs> stuff. Because um, he thinks about it 24-7. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, everything from modern, <laughs> like, fi- you know, everything from firearms to medieval weapons to... Um, I like this. I like the idea of a listener scenario yeah. thrown at us and then we got to give a response. Yeah, okay. So, so let's, let's dive into that. So let's start with you, Jake. Yeah. So we'll say the scenario is for Mel and myself is you were tasked with planning and then say leading, you know, if we're writing a script here um, or maybe going in ourselves, right? A small team you're going to insert into this location. You have to extract, um, you know, whatever the prized possession is that, you know, umbrella wants or the CDC or the U S government or whoever. Right. Um, first and foremost, this isn't going to be resident evil four. We're not going in by ourselves, you know, just a <laughs> dude going to a place he's never been Some before guy with, a trench coat. with, yeah, no research. Who's just going to go in wearing, you know, a short sleeve shirt and he's got his pistol and maybe like a flashlight you know what I mean? And he drives up like he like it's always in some like super rural area. You know what I mean? He's by himself. Um, first of all, you're never alone. Right. In this situation, you should have some sort of small team. Right. Um, I would say at the absolute minimum, two people. Right. Because um, one is none. Two is one. You know, you always need somebody to watch your back. Right. But that, you know, your battle buddy, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um but I would say, you know, four is better than two. 
And then depending on the situation, you know what I mean? I think what I would do is we'll say we're going to drive into this contaminated zone, right? We have our specialized vehicles that are hopefully zombie proof. Um, you would have each vehicle, here's the thing, right? Each team, there's a driver. The driver never gets out of the vehicle, right? They're locked in there. No matter what, they're not getting out, right? And then you're going to have somebody who's either going to sit in the passenger seat, who's going to be the navigator slash the guard for the vehicle, right? And then I thought about it. I was like, okay, well, if the vehicles, you know, this is starting to stack a lot of guys here, but then I was like, okay, well, then if, say, if the vehicles have a turret on them and there's a guy that's either standing there with his own rifle, whether he's got an M4 or an M16 or an AR, whatever the fuck, um, or he's manning a machine gun, that guy should probably stay in there too, right? So I was like, okay, well, let's say if we have two vehicles here, we'll take, you know, and that's okay. That leaves three people with each vehicles, and now you need to unload a team of, we'll say, four guys from each vehicle. That gives us eight dudes on the ground. Um, you know what I mean? Presumably, we would want to go, you know, they would have to have, be outfitted correctly, and I like to reference um, Hunk from Resident Evil. He's on the Umbrella team. And out of all the Resident Evil characters, this guy comes in wearing full mop gear, which is what the government and military uses. It's like ant. It's like um, for Seaburn, which is uh, chemical, biological, radiological, and uh, nuclear. It's supposed to be preventative, right? And it's pretty tough, right? It would be pretty hard to bite through. You could even craft a special bite suit if you wanted to. And he's got the gas mask, right? He's got an MP5 and a shotgun and a pistol and grenades and all this shit. He was the only guy that was prepared. Everybody else comes in with a pistol right? Because they've got plot armor as the protagonist. <laughs> and then he just, just like, oh, I'm just going to shoot my way out of here. And he's the only dude in his team that survives. But, yeah. you know, the team should be wearing either some sort of bite suit or hazmat suit. No, not like your hazmat bubble suit, but um, they would be outfitted with weapons that would, you know, you know, you're going to potentially, you want to be as hopefully as quick and as uh, swift as you, you know, and silent as possible. I'm kind of going off that principle of, was it a uh, speed surprise and violence of action that you hear in every single uh, military book and probably a few military shows. And the idea there is in the beginning you have all three, but if you lose one of them, you have to ramp the other two up, right? So the element of surprise is stealth, right? If you lose stealth, well, now you have, um, you have to be fast and you have to be violent, Right. So if we're going to get into this building, you know, we've got our Resident Evil team. Um, you know, we would have the correct breaching equipment, whether it's, you know, electronical, electronic defeating stuff or mechanical breaching. Um, right. Your hooligan tool and sledgehammer, you know, um, potentially even explosives. Um, but all that shit's uh, potentially loud. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the team. I guess as far as myself... The question that I always had was, um, that's kind of the most fun is what would you specifically carry? And, and everybody wants like some sort of like melee up close weapon to deal with zombies. Fuck no. Yeah. I well, mean, that, well, that's I mean, here. yeah, you're going to need one, but so well, here, well, here in this particular situation, I feel like, I mean, I, I want to hear what your, your take is on it. Um, but I feel like of any of the situations in a, a zombie setting, where you don't necessarily need to emphasize on a melee weapon, it's going to be during a situation like this where you're actually deploying in some kind of tactical insertion versus being a survivor out on the fucking road. Yeah. And well, that's the thing too. So my thought is everybody's like, 
you know, the generic answer is, oh, I'm going to have a katana, right? And I was like, okay, well, have you ever, have you ever picked up a katana in your life, right? <laughs> How many people just use katanas, right? Um, and I was like, okay, well, then you're like, oh, what about a tomahawk or a mace or, and I was like, you know, and I no, like- Mace isn't bad. No, actually, my, my, I narrowed it down. If you were to have a melee weapon, I have a number one, which I'll cap this off with. Um, this is on top of obviously having my rifle and a presu- um, potentially, you know, sidearm, depending on what we're doing. Um, it would be, so it's like, okay, I like an axe, but you, you have to have the arm, you know, you have to be able to swing it, right? And the same with a mace. A mace is pretty easy, is pretty foolproof. It's a bludgeon. You can use it to push a zombie back. You know what it means? And you can even two hand like up into its like, you know, temple, potentially damage its head. Um, so I was like, okay, some sort of like World War One style small trench club. Um, you can even doctor it up, so you know what I mean, with some other stuff to make it more damaging, like whether it has like some spikes on it. Nothing that's going to catch on you and potentially rip your clothing or cause you to bleed. Um, and then I thought of, I was like, well, I liked Mel, more of Mel's idea, um, which was having something to stab with, preferably a short spear. But I was yeah. like, well, then. Yeah, I like the idea of a short spear. And not just a short, short spear, but Mel specifically, I think you. What, so um, I, I said that I wanted something resembling a naganata so not specifically a naganata um which for those of you don't know that's a japanese spear that basically has a katana on the end of it and it's like oh well you know you wouldn't use a katana so why would you use katana spear well that's exactly the point that's why it wouldn't specifically be a naganata but the idea of like a short sword on a short spear it's not gonna be a full-length spear because i still need to have some maneuverability right but just you know an elongated handle a spear, like a short spear type handle with a a short blade on it. That way I can both jab and slash. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good weapon. So I think the perfect answer to this, so I'm not going to say the actual name to it because I'm going to butcher it, but the short spear used by the Zulus, it was meant to be a one-handed stabbing spear. Yeah. But obviously if you're not carrying a very large shield, you can use two hands. And there's actually a company called like Apocalypse Tools that makes some crazy stuff and they made a super robust kind of version of that. It's a, you can use it with one hand, uh, one hand, but it has two hands. And that way, if you wanted to, you can slice with it, but you can also stab. Um, I was like, okay, that's probably something that I think that I would use if I were to use like an up close and personal, like melee weapon. Yeah. But my number one up close and personal zombie weapon is a suppressed 22 pistol. (laughs) and i so well so okay we need to go we need to dive back into the scenario here yep because you've done a lot of comparisons to Mm -hmm. resident evil so are we dealing with regular zombies or resident evil zombies because i would say fucking difference oh yeah yeah so basically that would that would affect our uh loadout significantly that's what uh, that's where we get into the listener question so mine was base we'll say was it george romero like that um night of the living dead slow zombies Right, they're kind of dumb, but they they start to hoard together and they're drawn to sound and stuff. That would be, you know, I would have. Um, I still like the idea of having a rifle, preferably like an AR-15, right? And then I would have the suppressed twenty-two still, right? And then of course you would have some sort of entire whole body covering, whether you 
fun, you know, you, you know, you sewed some stuff together or you had, you know, a pre-made one, depending on the situation, um, to protect yourself from getting bit, right? Because then of course you turn into a zombie, you're, you lost. Um, even if you get nicked, apparently, yeah. um, you'd but those are, you breathed on. Yeah. Those are vanilla zombies, right? They're slow. Um, obviously if we escalate this to, um, Dawn of the Dead or 28 Days Later, uh, your best weapon is to get in a vehicle and get yeah, the fuck away from run. Every, do exactly what they do 28 Days Later. Get on the island. Um, not have your girlfriend call you in the middle of the podcast. God damn it. Um, knew that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, do exactly what they did 28 Days Later. I mean, not the whole part where they get like wrapped up with the soldiers and he almost dies and, you know, all the other bad stuff happens. But get as far as away as you can, obviously, in that case, because... It doesn't matter if you've got a sword or a spear or a friggin' knife or anything. You're fucked. Um, but we'll say his examples were um, Resident Evil. He was talking specifically about 4. Um, also, you know, some of the other horror-esque games. Like, how come, you know, everybody always seems to make the mistakes, right? These are always professional. So we'll say Resident Evil 4, right? You have a VIP who is has been taken to this location, right? She's been kidnapped. You were the t- detective that's sent there to respond, right? And my first thing was, right? And I was like, well, <clears throat> if you're just doing detective work, right? Detectives always have a partner, right? If they're gathering information and stuff and potentially more than two people, right? I mean, it could always be, it could be multiple, you know, three, four people. I mean, I'm not an expert on law enforcement, right? Um, so there's that. You wouldn't be alone, right? But then if you knew... <clears throat> that not only was this woman kidnapped, but you knew where she was, right? Then you would be looking at, say, the FBI hostage rescue team. Excuse me. Right? And they're fully tacked out head to toe and all the stuff they need to do to go in and get that hostage out one way or the other. Right now, we escalate it. Let's just say that we know, because we're in the Resident Evil universe, that... We're going, we've, they, she's been taken, we'll say, by a cult and there's zombies and all this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you you would want a team, right? A uh, You don't want to go in and guns blazing and just wipe out the entire town. Um, but that that's where it starts. This gets trickier, right? And I'd actually like to hear what you'd say. Just like, do you cordon the town off? Um, do you go in with a small group of maybe you know, two teams of two, a team of four to try well, to sneak in. So we talked about a few different scenarios here. So I want to nail down an answer for each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this particular one, you know, we're, we're law enforcement. Um, this would be an instance of us probably not knowing the full picture unless you legitimately came up against a zombie, right? True. Some, some liquor was ripping apart a woman in a gas station and you saw that shit and you somehow convinced your chief of police and the mayor and the rest of the town, hey, this shit's going on. Then, you know, from there, you yeah. would utilize the resources that the town has at, at its disposal to mm-hmm. uh, quarantine and save as many people as possible. Um, that one's a little more iffy. You know, yeah. that's that's all going to be happening pretty fast. I doubt that I would get the loadout of my choosing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm probably limited to maybe a bulletproof vest that I have on 
whatever my sidearm is, mm-hmm. if we have a shotgun or rifle in any of the squad cars that might be accompanying me, if I'm a detective, uh, you know, basically any, anything that's at the disposal of normal police. Yes. You know, if SWAT shows up, maybe you can take something off of them. Um, of course, if people start dying left and right and you can pick up stuff as you go along, then there's that. Yeah. But uh, that one, that one I feel like is a little bit, uh, well, that's, that's a harder one to gauge because it's more reactionary. Okay. Now, if we go back to the original um, scenario with mm-hmm. this, where we're inserting as some kind of, you know, spec ops team or, mm-hmm. or not even some security team that works for the company and we're locating a specimen to take back to uh, headquarters. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Um, then yeah, you know I have a, I uh, I have a little bit more leeway there with what my loadout's going to be. Um, definitely. I don't know. I feel like you want something. Um, and again, I want to say that I'm I'm not. Uh, I, I'm answering this question from more of like a video games background, mm-hmm. not a military background. So or law enforcement background. So I'm going to be probably pretty pretty wrong in terms of a, a real real world scenario. Um, but you know, I would imagine you want something for close quarters, uh, not necessarily a melee weapon, but maybe like an SMG. So, you know, run in there with a, I don't know, an MP five or something like that. Um, you want to be suppressed on everything you have, uh, definitely going to have a sidearm, definitely going to have armor. Um, you know, from, from head to toe, uh, I want to make sure that all my skin is covered, non exposed, mm-hmm. You know, the normal zombies, they are going to be biting you with the force of a normal human. But as they get slowly more mutated, they're going to be stronger. So it doesn't matter how much armor you have on. You're going to get fucked. Right. But, uh, you know, some is better than none. Um, You definitely Mm want to have the face covering. I want to have a fucking mask. I want to have goggles. I want to have a helmet uh, because we're about to see some real fucking shit. Uh, Grenades, explosives. Got to have it. We're dealing with Resident Evil zombies. Need my grenades, need my explosives. <laughs> Fucking definitely one of my weapons is a grenade launcher for sure. For sure. Definitely having it. Um, armor like, piercing rounds. Every single gun, armor piercing rounds. I don't give a fuck if <laughs> they don't exist. You fucking give me some armor piercing rounds for my submachine gun, my AR, and my fucking pistol. Because once again, Resident Evil zombies. Well, the pistol, um, uh, you could, I mean, I guess the closest equivalent with pistol would just be full metal jacket. I yeah, guess. I guess. So, like, yeah, we're, we're, but spare no expense, man. Spare yeah. no expense. This, this fucking, we ain't <laughs> fucking around with this shit. Uh, like, I, want, right. I want ammo at the ass. Um, I want to have a squad of dudes. I want at least five, at least five guys. That's, that's if I only get one squad. Ideally, I want multiple squads. I want a fucking platoon. We're going in heavy. Well, hilariously right? enough. Um, but a uh, squad of five guys, for sure. Well, hilariously enough, um, that's we're not things. splitting up. I think uh, you brought that up. We're yeah. not splitting. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're, we're not fucking split. We're not doing is. this. Oh, a blue team. Go left. Oh, no, that, no that's, fuck well, that's, blue team. Well, that's exactly you stay what in the group. it is. Is <laughs> if we need to split up, it's going to be a second team, right? And here's the thing: a real squad. Like, I mean, I get that every unit, you know, law enforcement and military is different. But in the Marine Corps, four dudes was a fire team. That's not a fucking squad, right? Right. I mean, they just changed it, so now three dudes is a fire team, but they're still. Three fire teams is a squad, and then you still now you have a squad leader and an assistant squad leader, and then they got like the fucking drone operator now, and then they've got a fucking designated marksman, and then they have a corpsman or a medic, you know, if you're the army. Dude. Right, and then they have then you potentially you're gonna have one of the machine gunners and his team leader come over right to join the party. But yeah, like I think I think explosives, man, the way to go. So actually the perfect situation here 
would be one of my favorite series, um, the Joe Ledger series, because they have to deal with that shit repeatedly in that series. Yeah. Um, I, there's still hope in the back of my mind that will it'll be a TV show one day and then it won't suck. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have a situation where they, they know they're going in to, right? And, you know, first they show up, you know, they're on scene and they're talking to, you know, kind of looking like detectives, right? But then when they get ready to, like, okay, we, we you know, we've confirmed that we're going in, right? They bring out the duffel bags and they... You know, in their universe, they have this super lightweight, um, basically liquid body armor vest, which. That'd be nice. I mean, which the military is, or I don't know specifically the military, but there are companies out there that have experimented with that. They wear those, but then they also wear mop suits, right? A contamination suit, right? And the ones they wear are rugged and resistant, right? So that would be our bite suit. If we're going into a place with zombies and this isn't, we'll say it's not Resident Evil, so the zombies aren't shooting back at us. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, right. But they're still dangerous, right? They're still potentially mutated. Um, so you would get the, you know, the suit that would protect you from contamination, um, you know, whatever's in the air, if they deploy something in the air, right? First of all, first and foremost, I'm taking some form of shoulder roll, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, shoulder, shoulder roll weapon. Right, whether like you, that is a submachine gun or a personal defense weapon or barrel. a rifle for going inside, it's either going to be a short-barreled AR or, you yeah, know, I've, I've used MP5s before and they're great. I fucking love MP5s, um, right? You know, and like just like you, right? Like I'm not going to go in with one mag like every fucking video game ever. Like oh yeah, oh like, I ran well, out of ammo on the first encounter. Enough, that that's how cops used Get to be. Here. Hilariously enough, cops would be like, yeah, like they would have like. You know, they would carry, you know, their 1911 with a mag in it, right? And that's what they had. And they're like, of course, and then they had, like, their handcuffs and, and you know, maybe a baton, but probably not. And, like, yeah. no OC spray or taser and all that shit. But I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to carry, you know, a sidearm, which is going to have a flashlight on it. You know, that's, that's I'm a big flashlight guy. I'm a mag in the, in the pistol, two extra mags for the pistol. I'm going to carry my submachine gun on my rifle with... Depending on what we're doing, X amount of mags, you know, it's going to be more than fucking one or two, obviously. Yeah. I'm actually probably going to start off with two mags, either a, if it's a an AR, either a 60-round mag or two 30-round mags taped together, you know, and like you said, suppressed. Yeah. Um, if I know for a fact it is zombies and they're not Resident Evil, like, shoot it nine million times and it still didn't die. And in fact, it fucking morphed into something else. You know, the suppressed 22 is going to be my fucking melee weapon. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and preferably one that has so, more than 10 rounds. Because if they're slow shambling ass zombies, like, how hard is it for, like, two dudes or more to stand shoulder to shoulder in a hallway just, like, headshot? I think headshot. it's worth I think it's worth noting <laughs> that real-world suppressors are nothing like video game suppressors. So in a video game, yes. you can shoot a fucking guy in a hallway, and a guy that's further down the hallway would have no idea. Real world, you shoot somebody down a hallway, everybody's hearing that shit, even if it is a suppressor. Well, so I still, I do think that in my loadout, I'll include my super awesome Zulu warrior uh, spear. So for the moments in the engagement where I legitimately want to take out somebody without alerting the thousand zombies yeah. that are across the street. It also adds flavor to our story. It does. Yeah, it because does. you can't just be all vanilla, like, oh, like, we all look like exactly like the same SWAT dude. Yeah. Um, 
Well, it depends also with a suppressor. Obviously, video games get that wrong. So do movies. If you shoot a rifle with a suppressor, it's still loud as shit. And if you're yeah. inside, it's even louder. Yeah. Right? Suppress 22, like if you especially if you put a sizable suppressor on it, it's pretty silent, right? That's what I'm saying. It, it should be That's silent enough. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Where maybe like the other zombie, if one, both two zombies have their back turned and like one gets hit and then the other one might be like, oh, like and turn around. <laughs> like, oh, you know what I mean? But. So I have a, uh, I have a final question for you in regards to this topic before we close out. Um, yep. So I think going into, again, this tactical situation, um, definitely probably some type of AR, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we did say MP5, but like, you know, AR-15, well, it depends that's on- going to, that's going to be a good weapon of choice. Are we inside uh, or outside, even, even in the other scenario where we're closing off a town, um, you know, uh, a, uh, AR-15. Yeah. If we're going like outside. Like a SWAT AR-15. Would AR, be, would, for sure. Yeah. It would be solid. Um, if you are in a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you're in the I'm a survivalist out in the world scenario. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have your AR-15 mm-hmm. or your AK? Um, so <clears throat> both are great options, right, to be honest. Um, I'm going to go with my AR because um, the bulk of my training comes from that. I'm most proficient with it. I love shooting any gun, right? And if you have anything, that's better than nothing, right? In a survival situation, right? My thought is, if that's all you have, it's not obsolete, right? If, you, if you're if you stranded on a, you know, in the woods and you need to feed yourself and all you have is a musket, you better believe that thing's going to get you a friggin' deer or something that you can eat, right? Yeah. You'd be like, sweet, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sweet. Now, now, whether you can time it right where that giant friggin' smoke <laughs> loud. <laughs> um, Fire. Yeah, yeah, no, just, I would pick the AR because, you know, if I got to pick one of my own, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I got had just the NAK, that's fine. You know what I mean? Well, so the only reason I brought up the AK was just because of the sheer durability of AKs. I mean, they can literally be thrown into any scenario they can take some severe punishment and still operate and so i feel like in a lot of cases an ak would be a really solid uh apocalypse weapon true here well here's that's the thing right so here's the it depends on right so this is america there's enough guns for literally for at least every single american to have one and now i think there's enough ars for over half of the population right so there's so i as somebody who was Formerly a, you know, professional volunteer infantryman, right? I'm going to know how to look for signs of wear and tear my gun, especially more so now. I'm more proficient now than I was before when I was actually active duty. I would still take the AR because I know exactly the parts that I need to replace. You know, I know what I need as spares, right? Hopefully we're not fucking lone wanderers. We have a base somewhere where we can keep spare shit. Yeah. But yeah, no, if you had, if it was straight fucking apocalypse, the world is gone, right? Yeah. If you had an AK with like an ACOG on it, you know what I mean? You would have a fucking bomb proof apocalypse weapon. Yeah. Right. And presumably, you know what I mean? Like that way that would get you through. I mean, you can, you can still have an AR that would be a bomb proof apocalypse weapon too. Oh, for sure. But if you didn't give a shit and you're like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this weapon could sit there. You know, I could die and it could sit underneath my fucking body for fucking 50 years. Some dude comes by and I was like, oh, look, sweet. Pulls it up and it still works. Yeah. Yeah, AK. I mean, you could still get an AR AR to work. But yeah, no, the the AK guy could pick it up, fucking 
kick the fucking uh, charging handle and right, and then fucking it would work. Like if the fucking charging <laughs> handle was crusted over with fucking blood and dirt and yeah, years yeah, it of would yeah, you just kick there. it open and it would work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so there's that. If you wanted a no frills, I don't have to even fucking think. Like I want to fucking clean this thing with gasoline. You know what I mean, or whatever the fuck oil I found. Yeah, you know what I mean. Your an AK is going to perform admirably. You know what I mean. Yeah. Well, that's um, cool. Yeah, that's that, I, I liked this topic. I like this idea. So I, I'm coming up with an idea here mm-hmm. um, and and I want to hear the feedback from uh, the listeners. Right. So so make sure you email us on this or, or hit us up on Instagram. Um, but I like the idea of scenarios, right? Uh, listener scenarios, um, especially since we talk a lot about video games and, you know, video games have tons of scenarios that get thrown at you. Mm-hmm. So give us like a give us scenarios where it doesn't have to be like you know, military every time, right? It could be, it could be like, oh, a Wendigo falls through the roof. What do you do? You know, de- uh, uh, until dawn type scenario, right? Give us, give us scenarios, come up with some cool ideas to throw at us. And what Jake and I'll do is we'll sit here and we'll do like a couple minutes each of our response to said scenario. And then we'll discuss. Yeah. And I like that. I like the idea of that. Well, oh, yeah. we'll I, I, I want to play around with that. I want to see how that works. So um, reach this, out to us at uh, jacobmelpodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. or check us out on Instagram, jacobmelpodcast um, at us, I guess is how you say it. <laughs> um, we're sticking with those for now. We haven't expanded any other social medias. We'll think about it going into the future. But um, yeah, Jake, you got anything else for us? Nope. Um, hey, you, um, more and more people seem to be reaching out. Um, you know what I mean? Please keep it up. Um, it makes it easier, makes it more fun for us. It makes it more fun for the listeners whenever, you know, and it shows like, Hey, we care. We legitimately want to engage with you guys. So feel free to reach out. Um, we only have the Instagram right now and the email eventually, presumably I'll, you know, I'll make a Facebook page among other things, who knows, maybe even a website. Um, you know what I mean? Um, please keep reaching out any topics, anything you can think of. Right. And you, you can keep reaching out like, Hey, here's a, here's a new topic I thought of. You know what I mean? And like Mel said, it doesn't have to be zombies. It could be any scenario or something like, hey, what do you, you know, you have situation, you have option A or B. What do you pick? You know, just, you know, argue your point. Both of you, you know, why do you pick option A over option B? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Because Definitely that reoccurring feedback for sure is, I mean, you know, we're we're a small operation right now, but there's room for aggressive expansion. So definitely hit us up with uh, with continued feedback. We love it. And uh, that's going to do it for us on, uh, what is this, episode seven? Yes, episode it is. Episode seven. We will see you next time. Alrighty. See you all in the next one. This concludes our broadcast day. Good night, and God bless America.